Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome to GirlfriendIt. You are listening to GirlfriendIt Radio. This is Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, and we are all about rallying women to do the remarkable, whether that is in your company, your family, your ministry, or in your friendships. How do we do that? And today we have an amazing show. We are going to be talking about, well, basically playing in the sandbox well together and give you some tips on how we can can collaborate and play in the sandbox together. So, Lise, my big question for you is, do you feel like you play in the sandbox well with others? <laughs> That's a, you, don't you think you have to ask other people that question? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would say yes. Um, but, um, you know, it's an interesting sandbox and the sandbox changes, don't you think? And depending where you are and, um, so many things affect the sandbox culture and different things and how people play in that sandbox. And so I think this topic we were going to talk about collaborating is really significant, um, and coming together because we're living in a culture that's so like me, 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 me. Um, so how do we do the, the, we and play in the sandbox, right? Well, and I think that's what's so powerful is how do we, and like you said, don't ask you, ask other people, because I, often if you were to say, hey, Patty, do you get along well with others? I would say, absolutely. Like, that would be a strength of mine. And yet you might ask somebody else, and, and it's important for us to do that. And I think that's one of, let's say we're going to have seven tips today. Maybe we'll end up getting through four knowing us, but one of the tips on collaboration is getting feedback from others to say, hey, how well are we, you know, basically playing it in, in the sandbox? So I, I got to tell you, uh, Sunday night, you know, I do the college life group and this Sunday we decided to have everybody bring, it's it's all college girls and we said, okay, you can bring a guest even if that is a boy and we'll do a co-ed group or whatever. So occasionally we'll do that and we just expand the group and um, we talk about, you know, yeah, maybe we'll play an activity or whatever. We don't really know what that's going to look like. And everybody came, it was a great group. So we have, I don't know, like 18 people in my backyard sitting around the fire pit. And I say, let's say your name, your favorite cereal and your, um, uh, oh, if you believe in aliens. And where in the world did you get that topic? <laughs> I, what movie had you been watching? Let's, let's go a little crazy and just see what, what happens there. Well, it was amazing. I mean, the Holy Spirit was at work from my perspective, and it went from you know, absolutely not. There's no aliens to, well, wait, what about revelations and some of the things that it says? And people started bringing scripture into it. And then it led to, you know, who are we and what, 
what do we believe in and other faiths and what they believe in. And it, I thought it was amazing. And finally, the, it's only a couple hours, you know, we were, we only had 30 minutes left and someone said, Hey, I think we're not honoring our guests that we brought, uh, that, we need to, you know, play a game or do something because now we're into this conversation. And it was interesting to me because I was oblivious to that because I saw it as everybody was involved. It was cool because there was probably four people who don't yet know Christ. And I didn't see it from that perspective. Oh, they might be uncomfortable. Mm. And so it's getting that feedback from other people to, to know that you're playing in the sandbox well, and yeah. we're not going to see it. Yeah, no, but, that's a good point, but, but, but it's so hard to ask. Well, you didn't ask for it. It kind of came your way, right? And yeah, that's <laughs> fun either, just saying. <laughs> it's like, I, I get a little wounded. I was licking my wounds. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing too. It's like when we say, you know, ask for feedback, but then it's like, but can you handle it? Because right. that's, that's really tough. Cause well, and, and I know that like in a situation like that, it's like immediately I want to defend what I did and why I'm doing like, well, yeah, but we are kind of doing that, honoring them by the, you know what I mean? You can easily kick into a defensive mode and yeah, justify like, why, well, we're doing that. They, but maybe they we're a life group. They knew that's what they were coming to. You know, yeah, you get defensive. It's like, well, what part of this? You know, it's not like we were meeting at, um, you know, crazy air to jump on the trampoline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you do, you get really defensive. And so I think that's, you know, the first tip is asking people for feedback, which leads into the second tip is getting everyone on the same page. Like knowing what is our goal here, you, you know, be it short-term goal. Hey, this is a night of we're going to get together and we are playing cards <laughs> or yeah. a long-term goal. Hey, we're going to get together and whoever we can bring in that doesn't know Christ. And this is just, they can see this is a cool group that we're meeting, you know, together. And I will say the outcome of one of the guys was an atheist and the gal who brought him um, said, I want to show up next Sunday. Is there a way I can come? And she was like, well, it's really a, it's a girl group. And then I had, well, obviously he felt honored even without the game after an hour and a half. Yeah. And the other guy um, wanted to meet with um, a, another person that was there that was showing some scripture and he really, it resonated with him and he wanted to meet with that person. So the long-term goal, I feel like, was a good thing, and I, and that's the biggest thing. You want to get everyone on the same page, and even though we we might not be on the same page, that's where you have to over-communicate to come back to that and be so transparent to go, okay, maybe our short-term goal wasn't met, but our long-term goal was. So both of us, and as I'm processing it right now out loud with you, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> We don't have to be defensive. Our long-term goal was there. <laughs> okay, but let, let's. Here's another perspective, which we could talk about too. Is like and getting feedback. So the person that said, um, "I think we should pause for a moment and honor and ask, you know, introduce or whatever, you know, pause in that moment to get for that person needed clarity, right? Or 
needed to like, okay, I not think we're making our, our short-term goal. So there's that, that position too of the person, if you're sitting in a group and you're sensing you're not on track, how do you respectfully enter into that? Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's a, really, a really good question. Or do you? Or do you? I mean, when's the appropriate time and how do you? Re I think the key word is respectfully because um, I think that's what you're seeing so much with, with people in, in groups or, or teams or when you bring so many different opinions together is how do you have dialogue and conversation that's respectful and honoring without becoming a debate and a, a rant? And I think that's what we've seen too much where things escalate to the rant level. Yeah. So it's like, obviously, I'm just affirming there was a safe place to be able to say, hey, can we go back and just introduce? So it was like, obviously, you didn't have you weren't having these heated things. So I'm affirming you, just so you know, that maybe <laughs> in the short term you were doing it. But if we are sitting in a group, is there a time, are, you know, how do we enter and go, um, you know, can we, can we back up a few steps or can we get clarity or because it, um, that person can set a tone too. Right. And I will say just to, just to clarify that, that it was done in a very respectful no, way. I, I'm hearing that. And that's why I'm saying I'm affirming that yeah. person too, Yeah, because that was done. So if you're that person, there's two different, there's two different perspectives, right? There's that, that person and yours. Right. So it's very interesting, but it's respect on both parts. Yeah. And I do, I, what was cool about the fact that she brought it up was the fact that if we were not respecting and honoring our guest, that she acknowledged it, that they didn't feel blindsided because it was brought up like, Hey, let's just make sure we're honoring everyone here and that they feel comfortable with, with these conversations that we're having, because we kind of brought them here, maybe with them thinking this is just going to be a fun night. And instead we got into this really, really deep conversation. And I, but I get your point because yeah, there, and you and I've talked about, there have been times where people have said things in the midst of a group and it just sucks the air. It sucks the life out of the entire, and it, it, it's like they hijack this mm -hmm. whole event because of their expectations. And that's right. why it's important to go, what are our expectations? Well, and I think that, you know, that goes back to having relationship um, with a group where you know it's safe and, and where you're just, you kind of have these maybe spoken or unspoken rules of like, we, we do this with respect, right? It's so fine to interject that. Like, it was great that that person felt that they could do that. And it sounds like they did it really, really well. I'm just saying sometimes it's like we are that person that we're going, you know, I need a little more. I thought we were coming in here um, which I think leads to another point we have about setting expectations, right? Um, and we can do that when we come back from the break uh, about how do we set expectations so there's not all these missed expectations in the midst of that. And so I think that's even our responsibility if we're sensing that, how do we respectfully engage in that and, and I kind of go, can pause here, which is what that person did. So it's like, I think those are, that's a learning lesson on two different points. Cause sometimes we're the person leading and how do we, how do we hear the feedback? And sometimes we're the person in the midst, like going, I think I need to give some feedback and how do I give feedback appropriately? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and I think that was great. Cause like I said, that sets us up 
for our, our second tip, which is setting expectations, um, because that's a huge part of that. So we don't, so we're not saying things over each other and I'm coming in with one expectation, you're coming with another, and maybe we both aren't getting what we thought, or maybe only one is. And then is that true collaboration and is that really creating a sandbox that is fun and that is productive? So um, I love this topic and going into this. And so we're gonna take a quick break and then when we come back, let's hit this, this our second goal. So we're getting two of seven already, right? So <laughs> setting expectations. Okay, you're listening to Girlfriend at Radio. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. You may have heard about the two window washers who were trapped on a dangling scaffold nearly 70 stories high on the new One World Trade Center tower for nearly two hours. Just a little more than a week after the nation's tallest building officially opened, throngs of New Yorkers were gone goozling up at the window washers as firefighters sawed through a thick double-layered window to rescue them. Talk about horripilation or an experience that gives you goosebumps. The first scaffolding in New York for window cleaning was constructed in 1952. A single cleaning cycle on the 80-story glass walls of the Time Warner Center can take six men over four months to complete. The pay is good, but people with acrophobia or the fear of heights need not apply. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back. We are talking about uh, tips on how to collaborate. You know, basically, how do we play well in the sandbox together without stealing everyone's toys and making um, angry people, especially within teens? And just collaborating, what does that look like in ministry, in your organization, even in your families? And we talked about the first tip is making sure you ask for feedback because where we think we're self-aware and we're managing ourselves. 
well and managing others well. Maybe somebody has a different perspective of how you're handling your toys in the sandbox and how, how your behavior is. Mm -hmm. And then getting everyone on the same page. In other words, those expectations of, you know, knowing your short-term and your long-term goals, which is so important because often we, we miss those expectations. And I know Lisa and I, we were talking earlier, I love that 101% rule, which is finding that 1% of what you have in common and then pouring 100% into it because often we focus on the 99% of the things we that we don't have in common and we see this person as you're so not like me so therefore, I don't want to move forward with you rather than, wait, I, I see this common denominator, you know, even if it's we both like Pringles potato chips, uh, let's talk about Pringles potato chips and what that looks like. Well, I got, I got to say, first of all, um, when we took our commercial break, I kind of said that we're going to talk about setting expectations. So my expectation that we were going to talk about point two, and I moved the point two from three to two, just so you know. So I thought we were talking about setting expectations. So already I have missed expectations as we go into the 101% rule. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I thought we kind of covered it because we said. I'm just kidding one. you. I'm so <laughs> kidding you. No, I, I love this. Um, find the 1% of what you have in common and then pour in like 100% of that. Because I think that's where the breakdown is. And that goes along with the missed expectations because um, we're not finding that place to connect um, where we both are engaged in that place and then um, pouring into that, right? And not focusing on what, what divides, but focusing on where we have the common. Um, and I think that's a really important place to, to even begin a conversation. Well, and, and uh, this goes back to we recently had the opportunity to go to Egypt to speak for the at the um, leadership summit. And while we were there, you were asked to come meet with uh, the National Council of, of Women. And it was Dr. Maya, which was an amazing honor to sit there and watch what took place here and hear, you know, her boss is the president of Egypt. Mm -hmm. And. To, to sit in that room and it goes back to, I loved your heart going in to collaborate, not like you had, and she, she noticed it. There was no agenda there you didn't have any expectations. And that's another thing with collaboration is that often it's just meeting and having conversations without a short-term goal, without a long-term goal, just truly meeting and going, I want to hear your story. And I'm going to share my story and where does our story meet? What's the 1% where it's that common denominator of because we're collaborating, I can help you, you mm -hmm. can help me, and maybe even look back and go, uh, maybe you can't help me, but mm -hmm. I'm going to come here saying what's in it for you, what's in mm -hmm. it for them on, especially when we're, you're kingdom minded to go, how do we do this together? And you, I got to tell you, Lisa, it was truly in that presence of the way that you communicated, how you articulated, um, that you were there truly for her and, and what she does with her um, organization of women. 
And, you know, being able to watch her literally tear up. Um, and she said that I genuinely feel like you're coming here without an agenda. And I think that blew her away. Hmm. Okay. You know, what's so funny about that. I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm totally tr- in the moment with her, but I can't even hardly remember things because you're just trying to like, um, cause you know, you're with somebody when, when your boss is the president of Egypt, it's a little, in- <laughs> it's, it's a little intimidating, <laughs> it's a little intimidating. And she was so charming and amazing and was sharing so many beautiful stories of Egypt, right? That gave us such a different lens. And that's one of the things we're like, how do we, how do we allow your stories and these beautiful stories of Egypt to be heard um, instead of just what we see on the news? And so we got to see so much, um, so many beautiful people and beautiful things about Egypt that was um, inspiring. But um, at the same time, it was intimidating. So it's like, I hardly remember a lot about the conversation because <laughs> you're yeah. just trying to be present. And as you are present, you're kind of, you kind of forget, you know, as you go on. So it's kind of funny um, as, as you say that, but I just, I remember just uh, feeling like this is, this is an amazing woman that has a heart for her country and a heart for women. And yeah, it was it was it was um it was like it was a great experience to be there and and on that level with somebody um well what was cool was that she went into it with an amazing story about what women were doing there in Egypt and how women were coming together and they truly were making a difference and um just the one thing that i remember is you encouraged her on just having that that silent army of women that can come together and how they can make a difference. And then at the end, you said, can I pray for you? And she could have easily said, you know what, that's not appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> and that could have been back to that conversation of, you know, how do you say things when you, you especially when you're feeling the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and, and then you can get shut down when they start, you know, happening different because of the expectation. But instead she said, yes. And we circled up and to, to, you know, be in a culture that's Muslim and being able to pray together was so significant. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a great experience. It was a great experience, but you know, in so many of the conversations that we got to have and, and, and meetings, it was because we were, you know, we were repre- we came from our culture of the West and you're in a culture there and it's, it's a very different culture. And, um, you know, going back to this 101% rule, it's, you know, you, you've got to always, no matter if it's a different culture, um, you know, racially or, you know, just with countries or even just with people, you know, it's like, it's so significant to find that 1%. And, and um, like we said, to base that's the starting point, right? That you can build from. Um, and I think so many times we start conversations focusing on what divides us and what is different. And that just doesn't lead anywhere productive. And um, it doesn't create an inviting sandbox, if we want to say it that way, you know? Um, or it creates a sandbox we want to get out of pretty quickly. Um, and, and nothing really resolves itself or nothing really happens. You can't take it any farther. So, um, I, I just like that challenge. Always trying to think of that, that commonplace, that 1% Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. start from. Well, and 
And we, we shared a little bit about that, like just being so transparent. And that really does make a difference because it opens up the trust. And that's what I feel like Dr. Maya saw in, in you that, okay, this is someone that doesn't have an agenda. They're just coming. They're very open, very transparent. You were candid about everything. We were listening to her stories and she truly saw when you said, how can we help? How can we support you? In what way can we be there for you? And that goes into just, you know, being a servant leader. It's not about being a doormat. It's truly saying, hey, how can I serve you in, in the collaboration? And I think that would be our next tip. I think it's our third tip. Yeah. I, you can you can name you can number however you want. Let's let's make that number three. Okay. And uh, and just talk about yeah being a servant leader of how can I help you and truly listening to what they have to say in what they're putting you know what they're saying what they're putting down and and that leads to uh, an, another collaboration an event that we were able to be a part of and once again it was such an honor to go talk to the Ministry of Investment and International Cooperation. I believe that was his title. <laughs> it <laughs> worked for me. It was, it was, it was super cool to be there in the, this, you know, the embassy uh, there in Egypt to meet with um, him, to sit around this beautiful table and I know it was all about, uh, you know, he was in charge of the economic cooperation, the development between um, Egypt and some of the other foreign countries and international, you know, regional organizations, whatever, whatever he, all the things that he was in charge of, the fact that he took time to sit down with all of us and he was very transparent in what they were trying to do there in Cairo and uh, as well as developing within Egypt and blown away by him sitting there. And it wasn't like, let me, let me show you everything. It's all about me. He genuinely was like, how can I help you? Mm -hmm. Why are you here? What, what will happen here that can benefit you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it was such a, a great spirit. It goes back to the, the spirit of a person, right? Just, um, it's not all about me. It's about us and having a conversation and sitting together, um, collectively. And, and he created space for us to ask him questions. You know, do you have any questions? I, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, kind of let you know a little bit of what we do, which was so, again, it was just so great to sit with people and hear the beautiful side of Egypt, Right. And not we get so many of our um, just how we form our ideas of, of people or places by so much of what we get on the media and on the news. And we we form our opinions. And when you sit with people like like these these two we've mentioned, you get a, a whole different face, a whole different framework. And you see the human side and the human heart and that they're amazing people wanting to create um, just thriving communities. And so it's always so fun. And with that, we're going to create a thriving pause here and we're going to come back <laughs> and keep talking about collaboration and playing in the sandbox. We'll be right back.
This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. What is healthy living? A good checkup at the doctor's office? Choosing to eat a big salad full of vegetables instead of a greasy hamburger? Attending a yoga class instead of sitting at a theater movie with fat-laden buttery popcorn and candy? All of these are good steps to healthy living. Living a healthy lifestyle is all about the choices we make every day, all day. It's choosing good, nutritious, low-calorie food instead of processed food. It's selecting a brisk walk for 30 minutes instead of playing on the computer for that time. It's being active with your children instead of sitting on the sofa watching TV. The small decisions we make every day is what builds a healthy life. Choose long life with energy, mobility, a positive outlook, and well-being by choosing to live a healthy life. I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. All right, welcome back. We have some exciting tips for you on tips to collaborate, tips on playing in the sandbox well together, not just playing in the sandbox, but how do we truly thrive And so far, we've talked about feedback, literally asking people, hey, how how am I doing? Uh, What do I need to change about my behavior with playing in the feedback? I mean, playing in the sandbox. (laughs) And then getting everyone on the same page was our second tip of knowing your short-term and your long-term goals. So we all have clear expectations of how we're moving forward. And we also included that on the 101 percent rule where finding that one percent and pouring a hundred percent into it so that way we can collaborate even though we might not necessarily uh, be like-minded but we have the same goal in mind and we need to move forward with this goal Uh, the other tip was being a servant leader truly coming forward and saying hey what what's in it for them like instead of always doing the me 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 how can I help you be successful? And having it's the spirit of a person, of, of them moving forward. And people can feel that. And that's what creates that trust, which leads to our, our next tip of being transparent, um, over-communicating. So that way you're continuously making sure we know the vision, we're on the same page. 
And with that, uh, I, I find it interesting. We, we had one of the tips is ha having a strategic plan. And that would be our number five tip. And I don't know how strategic our plan was today on talking about the seven or five tips of collaboration. Did we say seven tips? I heard oh, I've heard seven and then we had five and then we've added a few. So it's like, I think when we said seven, it was an ish number. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's how strategic we were because mm -hmm. we, we never know what will um, make us go down the road on, uh, because relationships are important to us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you, and that's a good tip because relationships, 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 and having an effective team, being able to collaborate also means putting people first. And often we're so big on the strategy. We're so big on the plan. We're so big on the project that we lose sight of the people that are in, in, in the sandbox playing. And once we do that, then it, it can wound a lot of people. And then it's hard to move forward with your strategy if you have wounded people. So figuring out that balance between, you know, dealing with the project and dealing with people. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think making people feel validated and valued, um, when you're talking about um, relationships and coming apart, because you can have a strategic plan and be so focused on the mission and the plan. And like you said, forget about the people aspect um, that are working to help you get the plan. And as, as important as the plan is, if you don't have the people, the right people and the people that are want to work together, you're you're kind of setting your plan up to not be all that it could be. And um, I think a lot of times, and even working with people and working on a common goal is, do they feel like they're part of it or do they feel like they're a means to your end? Um, and I think that's like, Megan, it's like, it's it, this is a win for everyone. It's not my win that you get to be a part of. And so even how we communicate within our teams as we're moving forward with people toward the plan. Well, and a, a perfect example in one of my um, coaching sessions, uh, a guy talked about that, how he, the whole organization is trying to be more transparent. And with that, he was coming together with top two leaders and giving them some guidelines of where he saw where he fit in to the company. And he was being so transparent, like sharing where he saw some of the, the holes where, you know, these gaps need to be closed and, and what part he could play in it. And they said, this is great. We're going to take this into consideration. We're going to go talk behind closed doors. They use that terminology. And then we're going to um, come back with that information. And, he was confused, and this is what we have a tendency to do, is we say, hey, we want to be transparent, and we have this, these new guidelines that we're going to be very candid in the way we talk to each other, and everything's going to be open, and then we use terminology like we're going to go behind closed doors and talk about this. So we, we have to, even in the verbiage, we have to be very careful because he walked away going, well, I guess we're not going to be that transparent, and now you just kind of lost a little bit of the trust and I was very vulnerable and told you how this affects me, but because you're having to go behind closed doors, I, I don't know if you're putting me in my best light 
to um, feel valued here. So now I'm going to do what's best for me. So you start spiraling and Mm -hmm. now you've just cut the transparency simply by, you know, some of your words and your actions of not completely following through on the strategy of having a candid, transparent culture. I know. It's it's like we we have to like self-evaluate, you know, and think through like what am I ju- what am I really saying here? And was I really listening to what he was saying too? Yeah. Was the guy saying I want a you know a transparent, authentic culture, and then I turn around and say behind closed doors, it's like, was I really listening to him? And so right. Even as leaders, it's like, are we really listening to what is being said, even beyond the words, you know? Because what this guy is basically saying is, I don't feel valued. Um, There's a a, a kind of a breach in trust. And then they just, um, you know, emphasize that. (laughs) Like, yeah, you're right. We're going to go because we're going behind closed doors. Um, So how do we just, you know, as leaders, do kind of that self-check to go, is are my actions and my words really backing up what I believe and kind of what we put in place? Right. Well, you can really upset people when, you know, one minute you're saying we want to be open about everything. You know, we don't want people holding back. We really feel like this kind of collaboration, especially between teams, if we're going to be successful, then we, you know, we definitely need to be transparency is kind of like the buzzword right now. Uh, and yet we're, we don't really know what that means to be transparent. You know, if it, we're saying be honest and don't hold things back. Like if you feel like this isn't going to work or you feel like this person doesn't have a good idea, then respectfully, like we talked about, be able to make sure we're all on the same page and not go behind closed doors, be angry about it. You know, all of a sudden that's where something's going wrong. We have to bring it to the table and bring it to their attention or we can't, we can't solve the problem. And then once again, it just, it's, it spirals, which I'm I'm switching gear gears here, but talking about solving problems, you do an amazing thing. And, uh, you and Danielle Strickland, uh, an organization called Amplified Peace And it's all about that. It's about being transparent, listening to the stories, finding the underlying, you know, problems, issues. Share a little bit more about why you felt called to do that, what God did and opening up the doors there to make that collaboration, you know, take place. Well, I think, you know, um, as you know, my journey kind of like kind of got exposed to some global um, realities and traveled quite a bit, especially to the Middle East, and sat in refugee camps and um, and just places where, and started hearing some amazing stories, like we've just talked about earlier, where you start meeting people and just hearing these amazing stories. But I realized one of the things is that a lot of these stories are not being heard, and um, especially from people that are have been marginalized and kind of seen as invisible, kind of on the on the. Um, the perimeters, you know, and so how do we, how do I come back and really share their stories and let their stories be heard? And then, um, realizing as we do, as, um, as I was seeing things, especially engaging in some of the conflicts that were in the Middle East, uh, like this Israel-Palestine, 
is um, how do we see conflict and how do we learn from it? Not to engage in it and to perpetuate it and to take sides, but how do we listen to both sides and, and honor both sides and go, there's truth in both and, and there's, there's misguided stuff in both. Um, and then how do we take those principles back home? And I think that's true for anything. It's, what, it's a lot of what we're talking about, you know? It's the trust factor. It's finding that commonality, that 1%. Um, it's, it's holding on to those things. So how do we truly um, honor people through things and not just always focus on the situation? And, and how do we humanize um, problems and not always make them all about politics or government or whatever we want to call them? So, um, and then just really believing in the influence of women and that women are a powerful force when we get together um, not as a, a power force, but uh, a force for change and influence. And so how do we allow women to come together and use their voices? And those women were motivated for because of our children and grandchildren. And we really want to impact the next generation. And um, we have no idea, you know, it, even as leaders, when you impact one person, you have no idea the ripple effects of that impact. And so how do we just start seeing every human being as an image bearer of God and just um, practice some of these principles we've been talking about and then truly together to create a better, a better story, a better world. And, and it doesn't have to be on a grand scale. It doesn't have to be standing on a platform screaming. It's just in our everyday life and the decisions we make, are they um, honoring of people and are they perpetuating um, peace building and, and collaboration and, all of this, or are we um, using our voice more to divide and not really listening? So there's so many components of that, but um, that's kind of the principles of that. So how do we learn as we go away, but come back to our own community, our own families, our own um, circle of influence, and 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 look at situations and listen differently um, to people. So um, there's just always so much to learn. And you're always in like, even our time in Egypt, there's so much to learn from people and so much to learn from people who are different than us. And how do we surround ourselves with people who are different um, and put ourselves in, in that position of listening? So um, with that, we're going to take a quick break <laughs> and we're going to come back and have one more, one more time together. So we'll be right back with Girlfriend at Radio. Awesome. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. 
For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Many times people think they're hungry when actually they are just thirsty. Staying hydrated and drinking plenty of water is a fundamental principle of weight loss. The University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill found that people who drink about seven cups of water a day eat nearly 200 fewer calories than those who get less than a glass a day. The challenging part is to be sure to get enough water throughout the day. Personally, I don't really like to drink water, so I make drinking water a habit and do it without thinking about it. I always drink around 32 ounces in the morning when I work out and then at least one glass with each meal that I eat. I make it a point to get at least eight glasses of water a day. Most importantly, don't confuse hunger for thirst. If you find yourself with hunger pains, try drinking a glass of water instead. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a bug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back. We have had an amazing show today talking about all If we these- do say so ourselves, right? If we do say so ourselves, talking about tips on how to collaborate how to play in the sandbox. And then we started laughing because our producer said the sandbox had a different meaning for him because that's what they used to call Iraq. And then also the sandbox we realize now is what people call the kitty litter. And that is a perfect uh, segue into our next tip (laughs) because often people see meetings in collaboration and having all these meetings is similar to the kitty litter (laughs) because it's an hour to two hours to three hours of your life that you will never get back. And often you're sitting there really thinking, okay, this is such a waste of my time. It's the meeting that never ends especially when it's a Friday afternoon and you have spring fever and you're sitting in there and everybody's talking, talking, talking. It's going in circles. You know, after 60 minutes, people are getting frustrated. There's no outcome involved. There's no action plan. And it just truly, the meeting did not achieve anything particularly significant. So what do you do? And so far our tips have been, uh, asking for feedback, expectations, getting everyone on the same page, being a servant leader, uh, truly being there for how can I help you be successful. And uh, the next one, tip four, over-communicate, making sure that you're transparent in that communication. Uh, number five was strategic planning. Number six, relationship, relationship, relationship. And as Lisa said, Uh, using your circle of influence, being in a state of listening and learning. And now we're into tip seven, which I think strategically that's what we said, is that maybe, (laughs) just maybe, we were going to have seven tips to collaborate. And I think we should celebrate that. And we're going to celebrate because that's what we do in meetings. Because we don't want no stinking kitty litter box in our meetings. (laughs) It's all about celebrating and having fun. And our goal is make it to where people don't want to miss out. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that? 
And it, it's interesting, uh, two days ago, a bunch of my college friends came into town. Lisa, you've met with Rob and Joel and Kim. And and Rob has a very successful, um, he's a commercial realtor in San Francisco. And he doesn't have mandatory meetings, but what he's been doing is every other Wednesday, he does salsa classes. And it is uh, before the meetings. So you come to the salsa class, and then you stick around, and you get all the information for the meetings. Because, you know, a lot of the realtors, they're on their own, and yet they work in his organization, in his group. So it's a great way for him to be creative. And he said it's been a blast because there's a lot of rules involved with salsa dancing and there's team building taking place because, you know, often you have people that are clashing and there's conflict and you're following the same rules on the dance floor as you have to in life. So mm -hmm. I thought I, I had not heard that before of mixing mm -hmm. dance lessons <laughs> with meeting, but what fun. It's very right. creative. Right. Right. Wow, that, that is creative. And I think that's the whole thing is putting some thought into a meeting. How do I make it more of an experience and just sitting and getting knowledge um, and inf the information? It's like combined. I mean, there's a place you have to get information, but then how do you how do you create a setting or the environment? And we always joke because I'm so much on my feng shui, walking into a room, I want to feel it, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's just a room, um, I want to feel it. And so how do we create that where people go, I feel good being here. Even yeah. though we might have some hard conversations, I feel okay. I feel safe. I feel, I feel, you know, it's working for me. Right. Yeah. And whatever that can look like for whatever uh, culture you're in or uh, like with them with the real estate, understanding the people that they usually are working alone. So how do you kind of bring them together um, for those moments of kind of fun? And so they feel like they're part of a group or a team as they go out and do their, their jobs. And, and I think one of those feel good things with going into a meeting is it, it goes back to the spirit of the, of the room. And often we're so busy to being on our cell phones and looking at the task that people are walking in. And especially if you're a leader and you're looking down on your phone and you're not acknowledging and humanizing the situation as people do come in, that it, it sets it up where automatically you're not feeling good because you're looking right. at this person who has influence over you and you're going, they hate me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they don't even want to talk to me. They're not even acknowledging me. And it all of a sudden you're not well with your soul because mm -hmm. you've been put in a place of, I don't feel comfortable with this person in the room. So then you get on your cell phone because we just now have set the precedence of come into a meeting, get on your cell phone until we just get the hit the agenda. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's all about setting the stage. And as a leader, um, we, we set the stage either for in a positive way or in a negative way. And it's like, how do we create these means where people go, I want to come because if I don't come, I feel like I miss something. Or I miss something, you know. I miss um, even just the the community part of of the meeting. And I know not every meeting, and people have staff meetings, you know, um, once a week or once. And, and not every meeting can be done like that. 
But sometimes mixing them up and going, you know what, we're going to do it a little different this way. We're going to change the scenery. We're going to change the, the atmosphere. We're going to do something different. And I think um, not getting in the ruts of meetings, um, that they're all just about giving information. But how do we create collaboration in the meetings where people feel valued and heard? And, um, and I think that takes a little effort and being willing to, to put the effort into that. It does take effort. And I, and I think that even, like I said, with life group and different other things that you're meeting with, Bible studies, whatever, is giving people ownership is so powerful because everyone wants to know that they matter and that they're valued and they're, they're making a difference as well. So I don't care what organization you're leading, but when you find out who's going to be there, like this is my agenda. This is the the people that are, are meeting. Now, if you have a meeting with 120 people, obviously not every single person can have ownership in that particular meeting. But I think you can certainly strategize and make sure that departments take ownership, that you're giving them and having that leader make sure that that's rotating where, hey, this time you have this part in it. And find out every single, you know, a 360 of tasks that are involved in this meeting and make sure that it's not on all on you because then it's not all on you and people can't just keep pointing the finger of, oh, that was ridiculous and, oh, that was boring because, no, you had ownership in this meeting as well. And like you said, even if it's down to someone taking ownership of you're you're there to set the stage. You're there to make sure that we have, you know, some fun food or healthy food or the music, whatever it is. And I and I know another thing with ownership that has helped me with my meetings because it's the same with our show is using the the parking lot term to manage off-topic discussions. Because you and I both, we it's a joke that we can go on two tracks. Mm-hmm. And especially if I'm, I'm in a meeting where I know people don't have a whole lot of time that if we start, somebody starts talking about a topic to go, okay, we're going to put that over here in the parking lot and make sure we get to it eventually, but it might not be during this meeting. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't say that, that I'm good at that, but it's helped me mm-hmm. try mm-hmm. to make sure, okay, make the main thing, the main thing and right. try to stay on topic. Right. Well, and um, I think that's so good to keep it moving, right, in the right direction where people walk away going, okay, that was worth it. That was worth my time. Okay, and the last three minutes we had, we talked about how do we celebrate? Celebrate the victories. I know we've been accused of celebrating our victories before they happen, but let's say we're going to celebrate victories that have happened because that's what normal people do. Um, I just remember when we were um, inviting people into something and we would say, go have a blast, and that made total sense to us. Remember when they're walking into an event and we were greeting them outside and we're like, go on in and have a blast. And then finally somebody told us, they're like, we don't know what that means. And it was so foreign to us because like, what do you mean you don't know what it means to have a blast? And you realize sometimes people don't get like, when you say celebrate, it's like, well, what do you mean by celebrate? So when we're saying celebrate together as a team, celebrate some victories, what does it look like? What would you say to that in two minutes? (laughs) 
Are you actually asking me? Because yeah. I thought that's the Because like, people are going to say, well, what does that mean? Yeah. So what, what, what do you, how do you celebrate? I, I think that's a great question to truly ask people, especially if you're doing like, these team meetings and you need to celebrate your victories, your projects, uh, to ask them to brainstorm. What would it look like to you to celebrate? Because we've come up with all kinds of fun things where I know people have come dressed like minions, you know, where they're wearing their overalls in yellow. And uh, it, it doesn't always have to be a celebration of food. It can be, you know, going to the dollar store and getting those little champagne plastic glasses and bringing in sparkling apple cider. Just a simple celebration, but it, it sets the tone and it helps people to feel good to go. I value, I appreciate you. Um, I know some people just feel whipped. So uh, in meetings, people have brought those licorice Mm -hmm. sticks to you know what that you eat in the movie theater i can't even think of the name of them but they like twisters yeah twisters to like whip they're tired of being whipped Mm -hmm. and wiped out Mm -hmm. like brought a big old thing of the the licorice to go okay let's let's celebrate we're done being whipped you know let's eat Mm -hmm. eat this now Mm -hmm. and so i think brainstorming with your teams to go what does that look like Mm -hmm. um, to celebrate and making sure you do celebrate, put that in there, you know, occasionally going, we're just going to celebrate and have fun and look back at what we've accomplished and celebrate that. Hey, I'm celebrating this hour. It's been a great hour um, with you and hopefully people are walking away with some tips and they're going to go ready to celebrate. So celebrate the day, celebrate the moments. And thanks for joining us at Girlfriend at Radio. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the 